right, all right, all right. Day 252. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more uh, like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to, to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so this is the second to last day of the longest book in the New Testament. Uh, Luke, I don't know if I said it, but Luke is the longest book in the New Testament. And uh Luke has the most writings in the New Testament. And so uh, we are working our way through the gospel of Luke. And it's been really good so much <clears throat> that I've even learned <clears throat> on this time reading through. And uh, we are still on the way. Luke 17, we come and we are still on the road on the way with Jesus. Right. And we've said like this is a parable or, or not a parable. This is a uh, kind of way of looking at the Christian life. Right. Like Jesus is on the road toward his towards his death. And he's showing his disciples and the crowds <clears throat> and the peoples what it means to follow him right like we are on the road with jesus and we are constantly learning what it means to follow jesus and we talked about last time how and, and and the time before that how this is the longest section in luke right and how many of the parables and the stories are unique to luke and are only found here now remember jesus ministry is one of freedom right it is one of liberation it is one of setting people free he has come to set the captives free and in this setting uh in his setting of of people free he shows that free people are to follow the liberator right like like liberated people follow the person who liberated them and so in the beginning of 17 he talks about uh, a key principle of our discipleship to him, and that's forgiveness, right? One of the things that marked, that has marked, if you read church history, that has marked followers of Jesus, right? Especially uh, in the early days uh, when, the, when the movement was just getting off the ground was their radical forgiveness of people who had wronged them, right? In the community and outside the community. And this is something we need to recover and remember today. Listen, because God has given forgiven us so much more than we could forgive other people. It should lead us to forgive other people. And apostles, I love this. The apostles right after this, right after Jesus teaches on forgiveness, the apostles ask him to increase their faith. Right? They say, yo, yo, Jesus, increase our faith. Now, remember, earlier they had asked him, asked him to pray, how to pray. And he, and he taught them. But here, it's so brilliant what Jesus does. He doesn't do it. <laughs> he doesn't like zap them on the head and give them more faith, right? He, he, he doesn't do it. And it's so interesting. But instead, he, he gives them a parable, right? And the point of the parable is this, right? Um, the size of your faith doesn't necessarily oh this is good make one most effective in god's kingdom right it is the employment of the little faith that we all have right this this is what makes the difference fam some of us are struggling some of us don't have the faith we think in our own minds that we used to have but what jesus is saying is if you just have a mustard seed and use the little faith that you have right now you'll see what god does and the difference that he makes with that faith right jesus listen jesus wants us to use what we have and what he does with the small amount of faith is greater than what we could do for ourselves with the large faith we think we want and i love it because christ again is just uh reversing all of our paradigms and we need to remember that about our faith and you see the faith of a samaritan right after this remember a samaritan in that society was a uh, uh, one who was on the margins who was not accepted by the jews as being one of the true people of god and it shows that he fell down fell face down right at jesus's feet after jesus's healing and uh 
man, it's just so interesting um, how, how Jesus is reversing our paradigms. Move forward. 17, 20 to 21. It says, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No one will say, see here or there, for you see the kingdom of God is in your midst. Notice the Pharisees come to him right after he hears, hears the Samaritan. And again, Jesus is constantly showing who's in and who's out, right? The kinds of people he came to save. The gospel is for the poor, those who are radically dependent upon King Jesus, right? And notice, they don't ask if the kingdom of God is coming. They ask when, <laughs> right? Now, it is assumed in Jesus' period, in Second Temple Judaism, Judaism, in the first century, that the kingdom was coming. And for Jesus to say it was in their midst, it is to say, in some sense, it is already here, right? In the arrival of the king, <laughs> the kingdom kingdom has come and, and what he says is i love it because this is very important for us he says no no the kingdom is not coming with something observable right this is uh, uh the only time this this greek word is used in the new testament and in the first century context um the the word is used in, in wider greek literature to talk about uh how many in the greco-roman world interpreted uh various um astrological uh, uh means and in, in, in empirical realities in the world right so it was it was literally looking at the celestial uh, objects of the sky and of the heavens as they would say and interpreting the times and what jesus is saying is like no no, no. like the, the same way y'all interpret uh the things that go on the world with empirical right investigation that is not the way the kingdom comes and i think that's important for us because we are always in the headlines not not all of us but some of us are in the headlines trying to say this one's the antichrist he's 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 making the way for the messiah and jesus is like no 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 like that's not how my kingdom is going to come it's different right it's different and it's something that is already here, right? Jesus is like, no, no, like it's already here. It's already come through my life, through my teachings, through my death, through my healings, through my death, my burial and my resurrection. And it is something we proclaim, right? It is it is something we get to share in the Messiah's rule by the Messiah's spirit. We share in his rule by proclaiming the gospel and doing acts of mercy for those on the margins, right? And, and, and radically forgiving our enemies and living by Jesus's teachings. We participate in his rule in that way right and and they they failed to see that right it was it was not what they were looking for no pun intended right it was not what they were looking for and it's interesting because um right after this he goes on to talk about the coming of the son of man so in other words he says no no, no the kingdom is something that is is come is right now is here that we participate in but it's also something that we anticipate in the future. So we participate and anticipate, right? So he's saying, no, no, it's going to come in the future and the son of man is going to come and it won't be in the way that you think. And he is coming to bring uh, not just salvation, but judgment. We've talked about that before. And so Jesus is this brilliant teacher. He's teaching us what it means to follow him. No, 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 if the king is here, then the kingdom has come in some sense. But we still long and say, oh, Lord, uh, let your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 18 comes, 18, uh, and we get a bunch of stories uh, and, and a bunch of parables, right? The parable of the persistent widow uh, is very interesting. The parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Um, and notice who the heroes are of Jesus' stories, right? A widow. Uh, in the first parable, uh, a tax collector in the second parable, uh, children after that, not a rich young ruler after that, and then a child, right? Or, or excuse me, uh, um, and then a blind man at the end of uh, chapter 18. And again, look how Jesus is bringing the kingdom, right? It is not through those who are in authority and high positions, but through the destitute, right? And this, again, ought to make us reevaluate, listen, who are spiritual 
heroes are, right? And by what metrics we use to determine faithfulness. Notice how Jesus talks about a widow is the model. <laughs> She's the model for what it looks like to pray and never give up. The tax collector is the one who is the model for what it looks like not to trust in himself, but to rely solely and completely on the mercy of God, right? And in this text, it shows like he is one who uh, C.S. Lewis would say is someone who doesn't look down on other people because he's so busy looking up. And Christ is trying to show us, man, how radically different it is to follow Jesus, uh, how radically we depart from the ways, the thought patterns, the values, right? The metrics of this world. Um, and, and, and these are all parables, right? But what I love about this is uh, when Jesus Jesus doesn't just uh, teach us in parables, right? But he he doesn't just uh, 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 just tell us and, and teach us and show us things in fictional stories, but he actually radically uh, changes real people's stories, right? So he comes to this rich young ruler and it's crazy because he is one who said he's kept the commandments. He's he's, he's one who said he's um, 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 done all these things from his, his youth and he wants to inherit eternal life. And we see at the end of the story that his wealth, got in the way of him following Jesus, right? Like the text is clear, talking about the rich young ruler. Um, you know, Jesus said, uh, you still like one thing, right? Sell all you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then he says this, then come follow me. And it says, after he heard this, he became extremely sad. Why? Why Luke? Because he was very rich. And uh, it's interesting, man, um, that, 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 that Jesus is saying like, no, uh, following me changes every single thing about you, even how you carry your possessions. And here, the wealth that the rich young ruler had got in the way of him following the Christ. Um, and it's just a sober reminder for us, uh, especially we live in such an affluent society uh, uh, and we have to constantly ask ourselves and remind ourselves of Jesus teachings and ask uh, is what do what we have uh, is the things that we have. Is that getting in the way of us actually uh, doing all that Jesus will call us? to do but it's so interesting because luke is so balanced and the scriptures are so balanced in luke 19 you know what happens jesus meets a man named zacchaeus and he is a tax collector right and in those days if you were a roman tax collector you were in the business of skimming people off the top skimming off the top right ripping people off and the scripture is so balanced because you know what it says in luke 19 too it says he was rich <laughs> It says he was rich. So you see the contrast between the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus in this text. And, and Jesus comes to stay at Zacchaeus's house. And Zacchaeus demonstrates his conversion, his radical new reorientation to the Messiah. But uh, through his radical new orientation around his money. And again, family, listen, possessions is a huge theme in Luke. And it is a huge theme in the kingdom of God. How we have and use what we have says so much about who has us right and um he takes the money that he has uh as being something of personal gain something he used for personal gain to being an instrument for god's glory and he pays back everybody he has extorted right everybody he has taken advantage of and so you see the themes of repentance that luke loves uh is present here and and, and jesus says no, no no like you are a son of abraham <laughs> no, no no like you are a child of abraham now notice the text doesn't say whether he was jewish or not so Jesus ain't even really concerned about his, his lineage in this in this regard. But he's saying that, no, no, like you have become a part of God's people. 
right? You have become a child of God because you have been changed, right? You have been changed and your life is now uh, built upon the Messiah, uh, not what you can get from the things of this world. At the end of 19, uh, Jesus is going to uh, enter into Jerusalem. And so the long travel narrative ends, right? So from 951 to 1928, uh, the travel narrative, the longest section in the book of Luke ends. He says, when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And at the end of 19, we have the triumphal entry. So Jesus is this humble king riding in to town on a donkey uh, the last week of his life, entering Jerusalem to accomplish his mission. And in the last week of Jesus's life, we move through chapter 20 and this section is going to culminate, right? And ends with this discussion and debate with many of the Jewish leaders and parables directed towards and against Israel. And again, all of the debates, listen, all of these debates that Jesus is involved in fam is like uh, prevalent, right? Like ubiquitous everywhere in the first century right temple the relation to the romans resurrection the lineage of the messiah all of these jewish groups are debating what this thing would look like and the temple according to jesus was corrupted and the people of israel were hard-hearted and we're going to learn more about that tomorrow or, or monday and this because of the, the the corruption of the temple because of the hard-heartedness of israel this will lead to the rejection of their Messiah, but in but in God's plan, the irony is that this will lead to the accomplishment of the Messiah's mission. Listen, Jesus comes. I hope we see that Jesus comes and turns everything upside down, so that we can see who He is, what He has done, and how we are to live in light of that, and in, in, in light of what, in light of all of that, and uh, see the world its right side up. Let's pray. God, we ask uh, for your grace to see the world as you see it.